Hi there. As we hurtle forward into the dark of the year and the inevitability of the holidays, I have several suggestions for feeding people that are easy to create and will be a hit on the party table. Today, I'm running a second helping episode to get you through breakfasts and dinners when the crush gets tightest. For hosting or attending a party in the next few weeks, here are some suggested podcasts for awesome treats. I'll be posting the links on Facebook the last week in December, but you can go find these on your own at thecookalongpodcast.com or on your podcast feed for the show. Almond Addiction, a fabulous homemade candy people love receiving as a gift. If there's somebody you haven't got anything for yet, this is what you could do without having to think very hard. Sun-dried tomato cheese spread, two cheeses and garlic. It's always a hit. My original goat cheese and pistachio spread. Easy, sophisticated, cream cheese, garlic. My copycat Trader Joe's blue cheese roasted pecan dip. This is one of my most popular podcast recipes. Remember my killer version of warm artichoke parmesan dip. I've never had any that was better than this. Two versions of toasted nuts. Spicy. Chipotle and rosemary roasted nuts and sweet sugar and spice roasted almonds. And most importantly of all, the vanilla cinnamon maple whiskey sour. Whether you choose the virgin version or use the whiskey, this drink at the end of any day will make everything okay. Enjoy today's podcast and happy holidays. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there. I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. The website is thecookalongpodcast.com, and I was kind of poking around in there the other day and discovered, much to my surprise and some chagrin, that there is only one chili recipe on there, and that's my white chicken chili. I have actually three chili recipes that I like a lot, and the white chicken chili in the slow cooker is one of them. The second one is another slow cooker recipe, which is the one we're going to do today. 
And the third one is one for just stovetop, which is also really excellent. And sometimes I have trouble deciding whether to do the slow cooker version or the regular stovetop version. And usually what dictates the decision is what I'm doing during the day and whether my best option is to just throw everything into the slow cooker. The slow cooker one, it's just called Crock-Pot Chili, uses a lot of cans and spices. It's not hard to make, but it does have a lot of stuff in it. I think probably I should read you that list ahead of time in case you need to find some of these ingredients in your store before we start. In terms of do-aheads, you just need to have your crock pot ready. You're going to need a pan in which to cook up the meat ahead of time. And then here are your ingredients. We're going to make a seasoning mix and this will make more than you need. Uh, so it might be enough for two batches, maybe not quite that. Four tablespoons of chili powder, two and a half teaspoons of ground coriander. Ground coriander, by the way, is the ground up seeds of the cilantro plant. So there are similar flavors, but somewhat different. You need two and a half teaspoons of ground cumin, one and a half teaspoons of garlic powder, a teaspoon of oregano, and it doesn't really matter whether that's ground oregano or leaf oregano. I'm going to use ground oregano today just because what I'm making is a powdered seasoning mix. You need a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper and a half a teaspoon of unsweetened cocoa, baking cocoa. Dutched or natural doesn't matter, but dry powdered cocoa. That may seem kind of unconventional, but it's a traditional flavor in Mexican sauces. That's just the seasoning mix. And then your chili, you need one and a half pounds of ground beef. I like to use a really lean ground beef, 80 or 90% lean because it means less draining and fussing. I have, looks like 80% today. And by the way, one of the funny things about this is I didn't have quite enough frozen ground sirloin. And so in order to make it exactly the half pound that I needed, I grabbed a patty, a burger that I had wrapped in plastic and started to defrost it and realized that it's actually beyond burger. In other words, it's vegetarian. It's not beef at all. And I don't care. I mean, the texture is great. Nobody's going to know the difference. And I'm kind of excited to throw that in there and see if it is discernible in any way. Uh, let's see. So pound and a half of ground beef, one small onion, a half a green pepper, 28 ounces of canned diced tomatoes. I'm using two different kinds uh, just because I had them and I thought it would be fun. So I have regular diced tomatoes and I have Hunt's fire roasted diced tomato I'm going to use. Each of those is about 14 and a half ounces. You need a 15 ounce can of tomato sauce, two 15 ounce cans of kidney beans. I am using a dark red kidney bean for one can and a light red kidney bean for the other one. It's a silly reason that I do it, but I'll explain it when we get there. It does not have to be two different colors, just two cans of kidney beans. I put in a 15 ounce can of black olives and a half a cup of frozen corn. So you may be starting to hear some things you don't expect in a chili. This is the way I like chili. You'll need salt. You don't have to, but I like to sort of garnish the finished product with either a dash of seasoned rice vinegar, which is a little sweet, or plain vinegar and a pinch of sugar for the same reason. Or if you have it, 
a little lime juice on the top. So to start with, we're going to mix together the seasoning. And th this is pretty much just finding a small bowl and putting in all the things that I told you about. So four tablespoons of chili powder. I have some regular Spice Islands chili powder that I'm going to use for two tablespoons of it. Again, this is just me. You can use whatever you have in the house. I want this one because it's got a little heat to it. So I'm putting in two tablespoons of that into my little bowl. And then I have a thing from Penzi's that is called chili con carne. Penzi's makes a number of different chili powders. This one is the one that smells the best to me. And I probably could have used it all by itself instead of combining all these ingredients, except that, of course, I wanted to combine all the ingredients with you. So I'm going to put in two tablespoons of the Penzi's chili con carne into this little bowl. Then we need the two and a half teaspoons of ground coriander. Please don't tell the person I live with what I told you about this coriander because she does not care for cilantro and I don't want her to know it's in here. I mean, yes, it's different, but she just doesn't need to know, okay? I'm gonna use a half teaspoon measure and do that five times just so I don't dirty two spoons. Two, three, four, and five. The jar has this little sifter on it. I'm never gonna shake coriander on anything. I'm just leaving that off, not putting it back on. Two and a half teaspoons also of ground cumin. So I'm doing the same thing. Five half teaspoons, two, three, these don't have to be exact. Four, don't worry about it too much. Five. The teaspoon of oregano. And then one and a half teaspoons of garlic powder. Same half teaspoon. One, two, three. And then a half teaspoon of the cayenne, which of course adds a little heat. And a half teaspoon of the unsweetened cocoa. So you can tell it's not a lot, but it does add a little depth of flavor that makes this a really nice seasoning blend. There, we're already almost halfway done with the recipe. So just stir that up and set it aside. Whatever we do not use of this, as we cook this batch of chili, you'll want to put into a little jar or just seal it up tightly in some fashion for using later. Okay, now we're gonna cook the ground beef. Yeah, as you may have gathered, mine came out of my freezer. I buy it in large packages and then separate it into Ziploc bags of a pound a piece, which is how I ended up short, of course. And I have defrosted it in my microwave, but it's, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking microwave. It turns into two syllables. I guess I always probably say it that way. It's a microwave, but I don't say it that way. <laughs> so this is getting crumbled into a hot skillet. You know what? The skillet is no longer hot. I guess I'm going to wait for it to heat up. And while I wait for it to heat up, I'm going to chop up some onion and some green pepper. I don't have any small onions. What I have is right now a half leftover sweet onion. They are usually, or at least often, quite large. So I'm just gonna use this half. But if you have yellow onions in your house, you're just looking for a small one. And you wanna dice that up. 
hopefully you still got the skin and the I heard somebody call it the butt the other day so I guess I'll call it that too where the roots come out uh, you want to make a flat surface so cut off the end if you're using a whole onion you want to cut off the very end so that you have a flat side and then turn it flat side down wad up the outside skin that's like paper and set the flat side down on the cooking board holding the top skin in your other hand your non-dominant hand and then just cut the onion straight down to the cutting board all the way around in a circle somebody's walked into the kitchen to steal some food from the refrigerator while i'm here you can see you, not i can see you i was just talking about you actually but i'm not going to tell you what i said my listeners will find that entertaining <laughs> so you're making these slices all the way around the onion from the butt end to the cutting board in sort of small wedges and then turn the onion so that your non-dominant hand is holding all the paper-like skin and now chop down across what you did before and you get diced chunks you do that for as long as you can and then when it just gets too close to your fingers you can just set it back down on the cutting board and cut the rest with the root facing upward again and then you know what this is something i just learned oops my pants starting to smoke um i just learned that if you take the part of the onion that's left this butt end and stick it in a little water it will root and then you can plant it and then it will grow new onions it's uh pretty fun it's kind of become a hobby of mine I, oh yeah, and I've been reminded that we plant them in the strawberries because they keep the slugs away from the strawberries. There, you've learned something incredibly useful that you may not ever be able to use. So I'm putting the butt end into a little pot of water here. And now going back to my smoking pan, I am adding the ground beef. So all of that ground beef goes in here. Just leave your onions where they are. We don't need them right now. We'll need them in a minute. It's too bad we didn't get the green pepper diced up, but that's all right. We'll catch up. Crumble the meat as you pour it in there because it'll make it easier because you're going to need it as small as you can get it. I think I got the pan too hot because now it's going to cook this before I even get it all crumbled in. Dang it. That's okay, because you can break it up with a spoon, you know, as it's cooking, break it up with a big wooden spoon or a silicone spoon or something. Of course, you're probably not having this problem, because you probably aren't using frozen hamburger. There's my first pound. There goes my supplementary meatless burger. It'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of how it cooks compared to the hamburger itself, since it's all going in the same pot. Breaking that up too. Now I have stuff all over my hands I gotta wash off. Stir this up a little bit. Turn your heat down on your pan. I've got mine down to actually about three instead of where I started at eight. As I don't want it to cook too fast for me here because I do still need to cut my green pepper. So if you're where I am, just leave the meat to cook for a bit. 
Your onion is hopefully diced or mostly diced. And then let's go to the green pepper. You're just gonna use half of that baby. You can use the same knife you used on the onion. Cut off the bottom half of your green pepper. Actually, you know, wash it first. It'll be easier to wash before it's cut than after. Then cut off the bottom half of your green pepper. Take out the membranes and the seeds. You don't need those. They're of no use, they're no harm, but you don't need them. And then setting the top half aside, slice your green pepper and then dice that into smaller bite-sized bits. Actually time to check on the meat. Yeah, I think actually I'm gonna turn it back up to eight. This is gonna leave a lot of fat in the pan. So one of the tools you need to have is a, uh, some sort of way to drain the meat. Now that could be a thing you attach to the pan. It could be a colander, although you'll want to drain the grease into something other than your sink if you do that. I'm going to use this sort of a large perforated spoon scoop thing. It's like what you would use in a wok. It's a big flat sort of scoop. It's got a bunch of holes in it. All right, back to the green pepper. Let's finish chopping that up. Some of these chunks of green pepper are a little big. That's okay, I don't care. I like them, so it doesn't matter. Now we're checking on the meat again. I don't think I can tell the fake meat from the real meat in the pan here. It is starting to brown when it's no longer pink. And this is why we had to stop and do the green pepper. We're gonna drain it. In fact, I'm gonna start doing that right now. I'm gonna put it into a bowl using my scooper upper thing. Just draining the liquid out as I go. Don't turn the burner and the pan off. I mean, you're gonna need to come back to it. What we're gonna do is drain it. And then we're gonna come back to the pan and add the onions and the green pepper so they can cook a little bit before we put it into the big crock pot. You may be thinking that's a nuisance since you're gonna cook it in the crock pot anyway, but it, it just makes the flavors better to do this, to cook it up ahead of time, brown the ground beef and, and cook the veggies a little. It will not only help them cook, but it does help with the flavor. Okay, so now I'm pouring off the fat out of the pan putting it into a bowl. There's also some meat juice there, which is un unfortunately not very useful to us because we can't get to it because of all the fat. Now my pan is empty. There's some meat bits in there, probably some unmeat bits in there as well. <laughs> I'm gonna put the meat back in the pan. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna add the onions and the green pepper first. So scoop all of that onion that you chopped and all of the green pepper that you chopped. I'm using a bench scraper to pick everything up. They are fabulous, fun, wonderful tools. Usable not just to scoop things and scrape things, but also to clean up your bench, your bench, your cutting board or whatever, and even pick up spills from the floor. Of course, you want to wash it really well. So right now what I'm doing is I've got the green pepper and the onions in the pan. 
just letting them kind of sit at the bottom closest to the heat and now I'm going to put the meat back in as well transfer it back out of that bowl into this pan Ooh, those green peppers smell really good once the meat is all back in the pan go to your spice mix and you're going to add six teaspoons you can see how we're going to go through a lot of this six teaspoons in with the meat and then stir it all up and we're just going to cook this until the onions start to turn translucent in other words they're not solid white anymore kind of a grayish clearish color translucent is is really a false expectation they're a different color and they look kind of wet but you certainly can't see through them just stir it all together for a little bit and I'm actually going to turn it down to low now that I've got the spices sort of stirred in and it's doing its thing here I'm going to turn it back down to about a four and I'm going to go to the next step I'm going to start opening some cans now into the crock pot itself you're going to put most everything else that's left but don't put all the beans in okay that's really important you can put all the tomatoes in into the crock pot second can of diced tomatoes can of tomato sauce some of these you have to use a can opener on and some of them come with those pull tops I'm going to use my stirrer for my ground beef here to clean out the can get everything into the crock pot one can of beans here I use the dark kidney beans because they show better there's really not a difference in taste between the light ones and the dark ones but these show up you know it just adds a little aesthetic something uh, something and then you want to drain these don't dump them in with all the juice on them dump them into a strainer or, or a colander of some sort make sure they all get in there not an easy task they like to stick in the bottom and then rinse them off you're rinsing off their juice you're also rinsing off their salt most canned beans or many canned beans they're in water and salt and this just gives you more control over how much salt when those are rinsed dump those into the crock pot as well all right check on your hamburger and stuff see how that's doing yeah this is about done the vegetables don't have to be super done because you're going to cook them for several hours in the slow cooker I'm gonna call this good and go back to what I was doing now to the pot you're gonna add the salt remember I mentioned two teaspoons of salt I'm gonna put that in the slow cooker pot this will serve four to six people by the way depending on how hungry they are if you want to make less than that you can if you got a smaller crock pot you could certainly make it by half it's just a little tricky because you might as well use the whole can of beans I guess that's where my head is at then get your seasoning mix again and your teaspoon and put four more teaspoons of this mix in with the beans and the tomato stuff 
Now that's all you're going to use of this seasoning mix. So what you have left is what you can have for next time. Or you could use it on tacos or something. I haven't done that, but there's no reason it wouldn't be really yummy on there. If your meat's not already turned off, turn it off now. And open your second can of kidney beans. This is the light red batch. Which you again want to dump into your colander, strainer, whatever, and make sure they're all out of the bottom of the can. Why is this so hard? Rinse them off. And at this point, you're luckiest, you're luckiest if you have a food processor. If you don't, you might be able to use a blender. You might be able to use an immersion blender. You might be able to use a potato ricer. But what we're going to do is sort of cream these beans. We're going to turn them into a paste. If you're using a food processor, put your regular blade in the bottom, the one that kind of smithereen stuff. Put the beans in. Close the lid. And whip them up. You may find that they all scatter away from the blade and that you just now have chopped bits. You might need to add a little bit of water to it, but start by just scraping the beans down closer to the blade and then running it again. You want this really a paste, not lumpy, a smooth paste. I'm gonna try turning my speed down a little bit. And I think I am gonna add just a little bit of water. I'm using one of the cans from the tomato sauce because it's all going in the same place to add just a little water. That was probably half a tablespoon. Yeah, there it goes. The skins are still going to show, but you don't want any bean bits. No bean bits. Now I'm going to turn it up. Surprisingly enough, the next step is to add these beans that you just turned into a paste into the crock pot with the beans and the tomato paste, tomato sauce, put it in there. Rubber scraper or a silicone spatula is really helpful for this because these are sticky. What you've done, in case you're wondering, is without changing the flavor or putting anything pasty in here, as you've added a nice thickness to your chili. No foreign ingredients, no flour, just the stuff that should be in chili, but it will thicken it up nicely. And then carefully pour your meat into there your whole meat mixture with the onions and peppers into the crock pot as well. Scrape it out of there with your rubber scraper because there's a lot of good crusty seasoning down on the bottom of that pan. It's a little bit burned maybe? That's okay. I like that stuff. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's, yeah, I like some things, that, especially things that are burned to the bottom of a pan, usually taste pretty good to me. So get that in there. And now we're going to add the unconventional stuff. 
half a cup of frozen corn. You don't need to defrost it, but you don't want a bunch of ice crystals on it because those just add water into the pot. And then the black olives. Now you may feel this is a little too weird for you. I learned this trick from, well, from an ex-husband. It's just one of the things that I still do because I learned from him that it's really good. So I would take the whole can, the whole can, and you could cut them in half if you want to. First thing you're gonna to wanna to do, of course, is drain it. So all the juice, all you have is olives, and then it's up to you. You can throw these in whole, if you like black olives whole on big bites, For by all means, leave them like that. If you would like them spread out a little further, you can cut them in half. I think I'm gonna cut mine in half. I'm just using a big chef's knife. It's the same one I used on the onions and the green pepper. There's nothing unsanitary about that because I didn't use it on the meat because we didn't have to cut any meat. If what you're doing is just using them whole, just dump them into the pot. And then that's everything that goes in the pot. All you gotta do then is cook it. You're gonna cook it on low. Oh, stir it together first. Yeah, that would be good. Stir it together first and then cook it on low for six to eight hours. That's not really predetermined by anything except when you are ready to eat. If you're ready to eat in six hours, eat it in six hours. I suppose the flavors get a little more spread around and maybe a little more savory if you let it cook an extra two hours. If you don't have two hours to wait, don't worry about it. Most everything either is already cooked or doesn't really need cooking anyway. What we're cooking it for is that thing that happens on the stove when you cook something for a long time and all the flavors start to blend together and your house starts to smell good. That's what we're doing. While I'm cutting, I'm gonna remind you that if you have questions about this recipe, you can reach out to me on the Cook Along Podcast Facebook page and just ask me, message me, if you want it private, post it on the timeline. If you don't care if it's private, just ask and I will answer, I promise. Don't be rude, I might not answer that. There, now I'm putting my olives in. I did cut all of them in half. Also, please do visit the Cook Along Podcast website for photos that I've been taking as I go here and for the ingredient list so that you can see it ahead of time and for any notes that I might have for you for later. I'm gonna give you one of those notes right now, which as I mentioned in the beginning of this, is about the sort of finishing touch that happens as you put this in a bowl and take it to the table. I'm gonna stir while I talk to you about this. My father liked a little dash of vinegar in his chili. I, I'm not sure what that does, but I agree with him. There's just a little brightness that it seems to add, and it's just a tiny bit. I mean, tiny, four drops, or you know, a tiny dash of any kind of vinegar. I discovered that I like the seasoned rice vinegar for it because of the sweetness. I like that in the chili as well, just this tiny little touch of sweetness. In the same vein, if you don't want to use seasoned rice vinegar, or if you don't think you would enjoy that teeny tiny little taste of sweetness, and this is not in the pot, this is in the individual bowls, you could also add a squirt, about the same amount as I was talking about for the vinegar of lime juice. You can squeeze a lime, you could slice a lime and put it with it and let everybody squeeze their own 
just a little few drops of lime juice on the top. Again, same kind of thing. That acidic citrus will brighten the taste of it just a little bit, which is really nice. And then, of course, I don't know about you, but I always top my chili with cheese. And just a grated sharp cheddar, which I really like best, or a grated Mexican combo pack. Something to top your chili with, along with that dash of vinegar or lime juice. That's the whole recipe. It's very easy. You just pour a bunch of stuff together, mostly. Now you're just going to cook it, and your house is going to smell wonderful. I think you'll like it. And I will also, at some point, post my stovetop chili recipe. And if you are into white chilies with chicken in them instead of all this beef and red stuff, do check out the website for my white chicken chili in the slow cooker, which is quite lovely and very, very different from this. So then, until next time, happy cooking! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Ko-fi ko-fi.com slash the cook along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.